Good morning. Man, it's fun to see some babies up here. It's fun to see you guys out there. Man, there's lots of energy in this room. It's always exciting. Uh, it's a little crying, too. Uh, you know, I know. that. I think they've done research. The most annoying sound in the world. Do you know what it is? It's the dad whining when the baby's crying. That's, that's what it is. It's absolutely what it is. I know it is. Uh, hey, uh, we're starting a series, so if you're here, I, I'm excited because uh, you get to kind of join in the journey. Uh, this is going to be a four-week series, and it's called uh, How to Get What You Really Want. And I think for a lot of us, uh, you know, we're about a month into our New Year's resolutions, so here we go. No, <laughs> you know, I think this is going to be healthy and, uh, and, a, and a great discussion for us. And so I want to start out by saying this. Uh, if you're tracking along with this, uh, at kingswaymo.info, uh, there's this place called Sermon Notes. And if you click in there, uh, at the very bottom of that, I know I just described a lot of things, kingswaymo.info, Sermon Notes, very bottom, there's some discussion questions. Uh, that we've kind of linked in there and, and kind of thrown in there. And I want to just point those out to you as we start this, because each week there will be those questions in there. And those are put there intentionally, because the stuff we're going to talk about today is great. And I, and I really think it's going to be intriguing. And I hope by the end it's, it's like opened you up to like think more deeply about really what you want. But unless you take this and actually have a discussion in community... Uh, a discussion with people that know you, uh, are with you day to day, that walk with you, uh, it probably won't go anywhere, truthfully. Uh, because it has to be something that you're kind of seeing the real thing. You're actually discovering what you really want. And that only, I'm, I'm telling you, it's only going to be found if you take some time. So, hey, if you're in a connect group, life group, if you're meeting with somebody, uh, mentoring, discipleship, if you're just meeting to have coffee, this might be, all right? And you just might just take those questions and let that be something. Hey, married couples in here, look, you go on a date. I know this doesn't sound, but look, you got to drive 30 minutes one way or the other. Maybe you just pop those questions while you drive to Springfield or job and you just talk about it for a second. All right? Just talk about it for a second. Sound good? Kingswaymo.info, sermon notes, questions at the bottom. Just give me a head nod so I know you're tracking, because I'm up high, I can't see you, you're so far away right now. All right, some of you are like, oh my gosh, I have to stare at like this forever. That's okay, we're going to get used to it. All right, so let's start with this, uh, because uh, we're going to talk about what you want, so let's just ask that question at the beginning. Um, what do you want? Yeah, you, 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 you. What do you want? Is this a question that comes up in your life very often? Because at first, this question seems very simple uh, when you're a child, right? And then the older you get, uh, this question becomes uh, a little bit more complicated. Uh, the way I heard it said like this, uh, when you're younger, it's a lot of physical things that you want. And when you're older, it's a lot less physical things and very specific things that you want, that you want. Sometimes more relational Things that you want. And this is a question that I think for a lot of us, uh, it, it feels like it's important to know the answer to. Really important to know the answer to. Uh, for most of us, uh, this is driving a lot of our life. Uh, it's driving a lot. But this question is way more complicated than you think. Way more complicated. As so I have four little bullet points here to show you how complicated. This really is. It's not a simple answer. It's not. Because the first thing is this. I know what you want. We want what we want. Right? I want what I want. And you want what you want. Yeah? You want it. And, and maybe here's the way to think about it. Uh, when we get what we want, 
we often find that it doesn't often lead to getting our way, right? We get what we want, and we often get in our own way. How many of you guys have gotten what you want and then found out later you're like, ooh, <laughs> maybe not, <laughs> maybe not. Driving on the freeway. You know what I'm talking about, slot cars. You all heard me this before, right? If you're a police officer or a state trooper in here, just close your ears for a second. You don't talk about the person that drives in the left lane at 68 miles an hour on the freeway. And the whole, like, universe is stacked up behind them. You know what I'm talking about? And they're just jamming out. And you can see it. Right? And like, yeah. And they get out of the way, and then you just, and then over that next hill. Right? We're getting our own way. Here's the truth. We can't get what we want and have it too. That's another way to think about it. Uh, how about this one? Uh, we want to do what we want to do. How many of you guys like that? It's just, that's it right there. That's what I want. I just want to be able to do what I want to be able to do. But then think about this thought. If you always do what you want to do, you may end up going where you don't want to go. How many of y'all got a few extra pounds in that certain place you like to go? Talking about? How many of you have experienced this where you, you do the things you want to do every single time and you end up feeling like it's taking you to a place that you didn't know that that's where it was going? How about this one? We want perpetual pleasure. Now, I know when I say this, I know that there's a certain thing that comes to mind when you say pleasure. Uh, and I know you just wish that football season was all year round. I know that's the number one thing that everybody's like, gosh, couldn't it just be year round, right? Some of you are like, no. Okay, I get it. I get it. But you're right. I mean, we're, we're not just talking about uh, sex, though. I mean, we're not. We're not just talking about sex because that's. When you say the word pleasure, that's what everybody just wants to run to, all right? But the truth is, like, you know what pleasure does, right? Pleasure creates addicts. We become pleasure addicts. And maybe, maybe you've experienced this before, but guess what? Pleasure is addictive, which undermines our pleasure, which isn't what we want, <laughs> Right? And maybe some of you experience it. You are addicted to a pleasure that becomes a pastime, but takes you on a pathway to something else. And so you find yourself going, "Man, I thought I thought this was what I want." Here's the last one, and this is for sure: we want it now. I may not know what I want all the time. I may not know what I want to do, but I know I want it to be pleasurable, and I know I want it now, right? How many of you guys, that's like your number one thing, right? As long as I can have it now, that's great. The problem is what you wanted now sometimes isn't what you wanted later. Isn't what you want now not always what you want later? Still paying it off. You don't even know where it is anymore. Here's the whole thought. 
kind of wrap it up in a, for the beginning of this is all regret, all regret starts with an I want. All regrets start with an I want. And for most of us, that is both eye-opening, but also incredibly insightful. C.S. Lewis uh, wrote a book called The Great Divorce, and right off the title, the title is just not a great description of the book, because it's about hell, but the book's called The Great Divorce, and it's talking about humanity from God, and in there he describes hell by using this idea. He uses it to say that hell, in his description, is everyone getting what they want by thinking it. Everyone gets what they want just by thinking it. And at first, that sounds amazing, right? But then you find out very quickly that your wants, they intercede with someone else's wants. Due to isolation. Because the only way to really have what you want is to be alone. All regrets... Start with, I want. So, what does the Bible have to say about this? I always think that's a great question to kind of intercede. Does the Bible still talk about this stuff? And I think it's cool because James, the brother of Jesus, who I think is one of the greatest reasons to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, if you can convince your brother that you are the Messiah, I don't know what to say, all right? That's crazy, all right? So this book, and in chapter 4, he has these few sentences that kind of talk about this idea of wants. And I want to point these out because these are incredibly insightful what we're talking about. It says this, you know what causes fights and quarrels among you? This is talking to the church. Uh, Don't they come from your desires? Another way to say that is from the wants that battle within you? Can you feel that tension in there? So, how many of you guys, next fight you get into, uh, you just, just say it like this, all right? You get an argument over the restaurant, over the bills, over the whatever, all right? All right? Let's just put it in my context. And you just look at them and you just say this, oh, I know why we're fighting. I'm not getting what I want. Oh, I know. I know what the problem is. <laughs> I'm not getting what I want. Now, for a lot of us, if you said that to your wife or to your husband, that's their fighting words, right? It's a quarrel or a fight. But how, how hard is that really to do? I mean, in the moment, right? In the moment. Because a lot of times we feel justified, right? Vindicated. I want to be right. But man, the next time I'm in a fight or a quarrel, I wonder if that doesn't get me to a different place. Because this is what James goes on to say. Uh, Verse 2. You desire, but you do not have. So you kill. I love it when they just go overboard. Like, wait, what? Right turn, right? What does that mean? 
Basically saying this is, you kill the relationship. You do the harsh thing. You go above and beyond to punish, to point out, to make your point. You covet. Ooh. You want something. You want something. But you cannot get it what you want. So you quarrel and fight. So here's the two, kind, two sides of this coin that we're talking about. The first side is, when we get what we want, it seems to be a problem. And not getting what we want causes conflict. Sermon over. Right? What do we do? Do you see how this just causes all these fights and quarrels inside of us? Right? We get what we want. Yes! Oh no. Regret. I didn't get what I wanted. Anger. Frustration. Conflict. That's why we didn't call this series How to Get What You Want. That's why this series isn't called that. <laughs> it's, how, it's called... How to get what you really want. How to get what you really want. And I think it's important to realize lurks in a realm we rarely explore. And this realm is the realm that Jesus constantly points us to. You can see why these questions that I pointed to at the beginning are really important now. I'm going to say this again. What you really want, what we really want lurks in a realm we rarely explore. And this is the realm that Jesus constantly points us to. James goes on to say this, and this is so cool because I think it points out to why we struggle with figuring out what we really, really want. James says this in the end of verse 2 and then 3. He says this, you do not have because you do not ask God. So one, you just cut God out of the equation for what you want. And the second is, when you ask, you do, you do not receive. And then this awesome little phrase, because you ask with wrong motives. All right, so that's one Greek word. And that Greek word is just terrible English when you, when you translate it uh, literally. But it actually makes the sentence better when you translate it literally. But you have to recognize that it's not going to sound smooth. All right? So if, if you put this one word that's Greek into the actual little translation, it would say this. Because you ask with bad, you ask badly. <laughs> so wrong motives is kind of a, a, a negative connotation. You know, it's kind of like you're asking with these like deep... But really what it means is like you're terrible at getting what you want out of you. Like you're not thinking clearly. And then you spend what you get on your pleasure, on your own pleasure. For so many of us, what we want is keeping us from seeing what we really want. What we want right now is actually hindering us to a place from keeping us from seeing what we really 
So if you're looking for a sentence to kind of boil down, what is going on here? Why are we talking about this? Lurking in the shadows of what we want is what we value. Lurking in the shadows of what we want is actually what we value. And what we're going to discuss over the next three weeks is we're going to go into that rarely explored place, that rarely discussed place of what you really want, of what really matters. Because what you really want, what you really want is going to show up in what you value. You'll never get what you really want until you discover what you really value. That one thought on my heart this whole week, one thought. It's going to come out in more than words than one thought, though. I just got to clarify that. We have a value here at Kingsway. Um, it's one of the things that functions in our eldership and our staff. It's one of the things that we're excited to lay out for you even this coming spring in a, in a more declared way. But we will be known what we are for, not what we're against. It's one of our values. Full of grace and truth, absolute, to the full measure of both. But we will be known for what we are for, not what we're against. And so my heart breaks, though, because I hear that value, and I believe in that value. But I also value human life immensely, immensely. And so when the world uh, comes crashing in, When one law is changed and the sanctity of life is threatened yet again, I'll tell you, your conduct, my conduct, our conduct as a community must be driven from a place of values. Must be driven from a place of values. And I'll tell you this, Every person is made in the image of God. Imprinted. Every single one. So that baby, and it's an innocent child, absolutely. I lay a baby out in the middle of the road out here, and you guys, we all lay our lives down for it. Jumping away. But, hear my heart on this. But somebody's baby girl may have made a mistake. Somebody's baby girl, her heart's broken too. We can't be so quick, you guys, to rush in and trample someone else's baby girl. We must love them both. We must lift up every life well, because that is what we value. Not at the cost of life, 
but doing it the difficult way. Listen, the law could not go as far as love. No law can. No matter the country. Not saying laws shouldn't be changed. Not saying we shouldn't fight for that. But if Jesus believed that was the method to change the world, he would have gone to Caesar and not the common man's heart. He went to the common man's heart and he did the dirty work of making a difference, not a point. He came to each individual person, no matter the shattered life and place they were in, and they said, how can I help? When Jesus is seen with Matthew the tax collector, he has his own bracket of sinner (laughs) outside of everything. That is the common day of an abortion clinic. The Pharisees are standing going, what are you doing? You don't think tax laws cost people lives? Back in that day, starved hundreds, if not thousands of people from greed? But yet Jesus is sitting with Matthew and he says, aren't the sick who need me? Aren't the broken who need me? So I say this as a community, and I know not all of you may agree with me. That's okay. But we value what we will, we will be known for what we are for, not what we're against. We will be known what we're for, and we are for every life, every life finding full life, every single one. And we refuse to take the easy road, and we will fight for every heart in the trenches. We will have the conversations with the broken, not throw rocks from a distance. And that's what we value. Because you know what we really want? Every heart transformed, fully alive in Christ. And we model it. We model it the way it was revealed, the way it was shown in Jesus. As we continue this series, the discussion, I think about what you really value. Not what you want, but what you really value. And over the next three weeks, we're going to do our best together, try to figure out not what we value most, because as Christians, look, what is most valuable? That's the big question. I hope you'll come back over the next few weeks so we try to figure that out. Pray with me.